0: Smiths Falls. Welcome to Smiths Falls on. This is episode number eight, folks. Number eight. And on this episode, I have my good friends, Jared Lee and Josie Whitmer. They are Mighty Valley Coffee, Smiths Falls' own coffee roasters. Have you had their coffee? I hope you have. If you haven't, go get some. Anyway, I have a little story to tell. I just got a message from a friend of mine out in Kelowna BC and he's like hey did you know that our high school friend Nick is moving to Smith Falls he just bought a house there I was like really well I sent a message to Nick just just now like just two minutes ago and it's true he bought a house here in smith's falls he's going to be like a 10 minute walk from me my high school buddy nick we went to punk rock shows together we went to maribel high school together nick was always a fun dude and uh so i just messaged with him and uh we set up a little date to i'm gonna show him around town i'm gonna show nick around town nick is one of the only people who ever came up to my cottage as a kid wow I'm going to bring you up to my cottage again, Nick. It's really close to here. Anyway, I'm going to show him the ropes. I told him to listen to the podcast. is a good start. I think it's a good start to get an intro to Smith's Falls, to keep up on the town, whether you're just arriving or whether you've been here a long time. This is a podcast all about town, all for the town. So if this is your first listen, that's us in a nutshell and today as i mentioned we have josie and jared from mighty valley coffee and i am very excited for my conversation with them because i've been trying to get them out for a while so we're gonna get to that right after a couple of notes from our sponsors this episode is brought to you by the arts hub what is the arts hub the arts hub is the place to go for local art and artisanal goods Woodworkers, potters, painters, macrame crafts makers, local, come down to the Arts Hub and see what is on the shelves. And there's more because this Saturday, October sixteenth, from 1.30 to three thirty p.m., the Arts Hub is hosting its very first workshop. It's a paper making workshop. Where would art be without paper? Paintings, drawings literature, poetry. Where would any of that be without paper? Well, now you can learn how to make it. Upcycle, recycle, making paper from pulp. It is $45 for a single registration or save $10 when you register yourself and a friend for $80. Go check out the Arts Hub on Facebook or at their website, theartshubsf.com and get in contact with them to register for this fun, Paper making workshop hosted by Rose Dyke, who is a uh, previous exhibitor at the Arts Hub. You can also buy, buy her paintings at the Arts Hub. And our show today is also brought to you by Northwood Music. Northwood Music is a record label, a local record label. Did you know about that? There are local people making music, making the music and releasing the music. Artists like Amber McLean, Elmsley, and Madden Grace are three local Smiths Falls artists putting music out via Northwood Music. Check it out, northwoodmusic.ca. And without any further ado, here is my talk with Jared Lee and Josie Whitmer of Mighty Valley Coffee. I feel good to you. You can hear everything? Yeah, it sounds great. Hear yourself enough? Mm. Hear me enough? I think mm. so. Hear your wife enough? Definitely. Hear your husband enough?
1: My wife.
0: Oh. <laughs> My wife.
1: My wife.
0: Oh, fucking pandemic, guys.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, man, it's here.
1: It's one of those. How are you feeling? I'm
2: uh, okay. I feel like it's you know it's halfway through the pandemic. Maybe a couple of years in. Is that what you
0: think? Halfway?
2: Yeah, I think so. You think we're like a four year? Yeah, I think I think it's going to be long. You know, of course we're going to remember it for our whole lives. Yeah, and that's kind of y'all you know, can hold that in your heart. But uh, yeah, so. We're, a, we're blessed here, Josie and I, in Smith Falls in a lot of ways. So, mm-hmm. feeling well, good. You're on a podcast. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming down. I've been trying to get you guys out for a while.
2: <laughs> yeah, summer's busy. Yeah. It's a busy time. You're yeah, the ones who keep getting away.
0: Mind you, I do usually just text you that day. I'm like, hey, podcast tonight, eh? <laughs>
2: yeah, do you want to do it? I do, but I can't. Yeah. But now I am.
0: But we planned ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get better at planning ahead. It really works
2: when you just do it.
0: Then you have a deadline to work to, you have a commitment, absolutely.
2: Calendars. We have a shared calendar we use. Josie and I. She
0: The Google one?
2: Uh well we're using an Apple one. Apple right calendar. Now. Um looking into some other apps. There's some yeah. other ideas out there. Yeah.
0: Mighty Valley Coffee. Well, yep. Yeah. Tell me, tell me the story. What's the Mighty Valley story?
2: Um
0: For, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Pause. Introduce yourselves as individuals before we get before we get to the brand, yeah, the definitely. faceless corporation. Who is who are the faces?
2: Who are the people? Well, I'm Jared Lee. I am from Smith Falls, and I am. Uh, I've worn many hats over my days and done a few different things. Planted some trees, taught some yoga, roasting coffee, and you know, I just enjoy doing different things. Yeah, and coffee became a passion. And and so that was part of the Mighty Valley journey. Uh it's a little bit about Jared Lee. Who is Josie Whitmer?
1: Oh, Josie Whitmer. Is- Dr. Josie Whitmer.
2: <laughs> and Dr. J, as we affectionately know her as. Uh
1: yeah. I'm I'm uh am a human being, I'm a person. Uh I live in Smith's Falls as well here. And we have a a dog and two cats that we love very dearly. Uh, I guess I work at Queens now. I just started a new job there where I'm uh, an adjunct professor teaching. And then I'm also working as a postdoctoral researcher with the Global Economies and Everyday Lives Lab. And so that's, uh, I'm only like two weeks in on that job, but I'm very excited to be there and it's uh, really fun.
0: So That sounds like some heavy shit. <laughs>
1: I mean, it has a little bit to do with coffee in terms of uh, really? global economies and everyday lives, mm. so yeah, some of what we do with our coffee business definitely uh is influenced by some of the the global development studies work that I do for sure,
2: yeah, yeah, it's complex systems, man, okay, so <laughs> Jared
0: and Josie, now that we know who's on the show, now let's get to the brand, Mighty Valley, yeah. It was uh, not that long ago. You, it was a it was a one year anniversary.
2: Yeah, we started last June. Yeah, is when we started roasting coffee. Uh, we got the coffee roaster hooked up in the middle of the uh, at the start of the pandemic,
0: which is like a pretty <laughs> fancy piece of kit.
2: Yeah, it's a cool little machine for sure. It roasts five kgs of coffee. Um, I roasted at four point two or uh, three point eight for production roasts, so a little less than five. If we're going to get technical. How about many bags coffee roast of coffee in. is that? It's about 10. 10 bags. 10, ten bags at a time. About ten, 10 bags. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not that much. Yeah. But we do... Um, but I can really tune in the roasts and um, I'm having a lot of fun roasting some really nice beans, pulling them on espresso shots at the market. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a good journey. Today I was roasting and um, I decided to not use my computer for a roast. So I have this computer set up Ooh. to the roaster where it has a couple of temperature probes that go into the computer and you can kind of monitor how yeah. everything's going. And I thought, you know what? I'm just gonna go on the senses. Yeah. You know, and now, take is, there it a slang-
0: is there like a slang term for that in the coffee roasters world? Do they call that like oh you know- Going off the bareback or something, going (laughs) off the grid? Yeah,
2: I don't know. Well, a lot of people don't do that, actually. Like, that's the old style of roasting. Yeah. So you just use your senses. And the computer is almost like a fail-safe. Right. But it does give you a lot of feedback, so it's useful. You know? But you can get married to the computer. Yeah. So I just was like, you know what? Let's close the computer. It's like Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And the, uh, you know, down the tunnel, just about to destroy the Death Star. But I was creating not death, but beauty in the coffee
0: <laughs> that thing kind of looks like a mini death star
2: <laughs> yeah it's very it's a lot of um a lot of stainless steel so kind of reminds me of Dark, i don't know Dark what Fader. i was
0: expecting when i was like because you showed me this thing yeah i got to see it and i don't know what i was expecting when i i don't know rolled like, up like i don't know i've seen a lot of things roasted and usually it's just you know heat it's just some coils it doesn't have know, a name like a, yet a toaster or a, a pan you know, a pan like <laughs> yeah But this was, it's got little windows on it, like pulleys. It reminded me of something that was like mind-blowingly high-tech a hundred years ago. So much so that it's still high-tech today, but looks kind of old world.
2: Yeah, and the technology doesn't need to change too much. Yeah. You can just kind of tune into it a little more in some ways. But um, yeah, Roast and Coffee. Lots of good beans. And um, working with a couple of different importers in Ottawa and mm-hmm. some importers in Montreal, we have really nice programs with farmers and co-ops. And so so they that's bring been fun the, too.
0: They bring the beans in from different places of the world.
2: That's right into yeah. a
0: central distribution mm-hmm. warehouse. Yeah, And some, these are sometimes like, what do they? They call these green beans or raw beans? Yeah, or?
2: green beans. Green beans. Yeah. So I really lean on my importers, uh, the importers that I work with. So they have connections in the community and uh, with the farmers and with the co-ops. And then I focus on the roasting and, you know, brewing the coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different parts of the whole uh, system, you know, from the farmer right, you know, right up to the consumer. So I'm kind of like in this, you know, little section of it and trying to do my best in that section and, you know, try and make the whole chain a little, a little better for everybody.
1: Yeah, and I would say that you, because we started up during the pandemic when there was no traveling anywhere, we kind of are in a position where we, although we spent most of our 20s like traveling and living in different places in the world, and we are definitely not shy to do that kind of um, work, but I think that because we started up during the pandemic, we have to rely on folks that have these connections because we're not able to go and meet farmers and... Yeah. um and do that work right now. So it's good though because we found some really great folks in in Ottawa and Montreal who uh, are um, have already established those connections. And so for us, it's mostly about trying to work with people who have a similar sort of like set of values and priorities in the in the business. And it's not just about making a bunch of money. It's about you know making sure that farmers are being paid and that uh, these systems that we're we're feeding into are equitable. And
0: yeah. yeah. So is your what is fair trade? Is that like can anybody just call themselves fair trade if they think they're being like nice enough
2: or is there like
0: is that like being organic? Is there yeah, like Yeah, There's a fair, certification process. There is.
2: There's a fair trade like one word uh corporation. Yeah. Or It's a, is It's, that, is a, it's like a like word.
1: An, it's an international like body, certifying body. Yeah. And yeah, so they are sort of I would say sort of like a top-down structure that evaluates um, cooperatives and places sort of on the ground in terms of they've got their like their check boxes to make sure that there's a base a base price that you can buy coffee. I mean, also cotton. There's fair trade coffee, uh, cotton, chocolate, all kinds of things are fair mm-hmm. trade. Um, but yeah, it's sort of like this this certifying body that's uh, they they make sure that there's like a minimum requirement met for. Um, bringing goods from one place to another. But that's pretty much, that's pretty much what it is though. It's like a minimum requirement for like what they deem to be ethics, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of, it's like a blanket approach where there's, um, which is there, there are very good things about fair trade for sure. Very necessary. But there are also drawbacks in that, like the communities themselves aren't, don't really have a voice in the governing structures of fair trade. And that, uh, yeah, it's sort of it is a top down thing. Yeah. So.
2: And more opportunity. There's a lot of opportunities in the coffee world. They buy as tons well. of coffee.
1: Fair trade so, does do good stuff. Yeah, yeah. and
2: they yeah, they've contributed to a lot of positive things. But, you know, there's other ways as well. And we do buy some Fair Trade coffee and we buy some uh, coffee directly from farmers who don't have like the exact certification, but the, the farms, you know, are really they grow their coffee well yeah well fair
1: trade's not it's not accessible like one of the things is that you have to be in a cooperative and you have to be organized in that way so there's different there's there's drawbacks and there's different drawbacks and and benefits of fair trade depending on the context and where you are so i think we get fair trade coffee from ethiopia correct
2: we have gotten fair trade coffee from ethiopia okay yeah we don't have like a consistent fair trade um you know source
1: but you do specialty coffee from this, yes. yeah. 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 So, anyways, there's, yeah. Sometimes we get fair trade, sometimes we don't. It depends yeah. on the context and where we're working. And uh-huh. what's so, is it the
0: suppliers that would typically get certified as fair trade, or yeah, or retailers? Ra- yeah, uh, the, the, use the the stamp too, or
2: yeah, the uh, the exporters. You know, the you know Rainforest Alliance. That's another one. Uh, that's a huge one that does a lot of work in, in Brazil and do a lot of good stuff. That's a so different yeah, certifying. It's a body. different certifying company. Yeah, yeah there's a, yeah. there's a lot of different ones in, in the coffee world.
0: I also know a guy who started up, uh, He was integral in starting up an organization called Fair Trade Music. It's actually the guy who wrote Hit Me With Your Best Shot. No way. Yeah. <laughs> <That's
1: a good laughs> I thought song. you were going to say Hit Me Baby one more time, and I was more excited about that, but okay.
0: <laughs> no, no. What is his name? His name is, ah, uh, oh, it's escaping. It's Eddie something. Eddie. Good guy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I had breakfast with him one time. But they start up this fair trade music anyway, and I don't think it really took off. Yeah, really hard to instill value in music these days. People seem more ready to do it for things like coffee
2: and chocolate. Hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's just kind of apples and oranges with music, it, 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 and and coffee because we're dealing with a lot with coffee. It's uh, it's only in the global south. Like it's only in the equator mm-hmm. area zones. So yeah. we're always relying on these people and those, and areas- historically we've taken advantage of them. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the facts. Yeah. And so part of this is like, let, how can we have a business where everyone kind of wins mm-hmm. or at least everyone's making a livelihood. Yeah. And so I think that's a big thing. And I, so I kind of, I do see the parallels with, with music too. It's like, um, and, uh, you know, we see it with, uh, some of the service industry. You know, it's ha- happening presently. You know, some people are working really hard and they're not being compensated for it. Yeah. So, yeah, when that happens, something, uh, someone tries to push back to make it better. hmm hmm
0: Well, good for them. Yeah,
2: for sure. That's what we're trying to do. what like so, everyone's trying to do. Just trying to be good people.
0: You're Smith's Falls born and raised, right, Jared? Yep.
2: 1985 in the North Unit. Yeah. hmm
0: But where did you grow up, Josie?
1: I grew up in a small town called Uxbridge, just outside of Toronto.
0: Okay. I think I've I think I've think asked you this before. I knew it was somewhere around there. What was Uxbridge like?
1: I mean, it was, I think when my parents moved there in the 80s, it was around 6,000 people, and then it grew steadily. And, and I think by the time I finished high school, I didn't actually go to high school in, in Uxbridge. I went to school in Oshawa. But uh, the, the population was about 20,000. So it grew really fast because it became sort of a... Uh, a sleeper town for Toronto and the suburbs kind of came up really quickly throughout sort of my more formative years, I guess, from like, I remember being in the playground at elementary school when they took all the cows away from the field behind us and then then it slowly became uh, houses over the next couple of years. So, yeah. I mean, Uxbridge was, uh, I mean, that's the developmental, the development part, but yeah, it's just another small town kind of like this, but we don't have, it doesn't have like the, the canal and the, the water, the water beauty that Smith's Falls has, that's yeah. for sure. But yeah, I like, I mean, I'm an urban geographer by training and I study cities like in India, like big, big cities, but I really like living in the small town. I like the pace here.
0: So have you been to India? Oh, yes. You've been, and I know you've been,
2: right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, we spent Jared? years. Yeah, Yeah,
2: yeah. It was like from 2000, well, we first went there in 2009. Correct. And then... We spent from, it was 2014, I think, to 2018 yeah. there. Um, most most of the year, like five, six months at a time. Hmm. Yeah, living in, in India.
0: I heard some India stories uh, on my last show, because Andrew was on.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, we're pals with Andrew and Jean and the girls. And uh, Now, as, were
0: you ever in India at the same time as him?
2: No, no, no we just get to reminisce about the culture. Did you, uh, were
0: you in yeah. the same cities or no. places? No, were they just
2: like passing by, like, you know, Mumbai and things like that. But um, yeah, I, we love Indian culture. I'm at the, the Carlton Place Farmer's Market and I'm beside yeah. Raj's Kitchen. Yeah. And they make awesome Indian food. And it's a mother and daughter, uh, two daughters combination. And uh, just shouting out them. Yeah. Because they make awesome samosas and cars. And they nice. do catering too. Yeah, they Raj's do catering. I shared Raj's kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> now,
1: and they're from Gujarat, which is the state that we've spent. Yeah, they're a lot also of time. from Gujarat. Yeah. Then
0: you should know and should be able to tell me like the Indian food that I love and eat over here and I'm used to, is there like large differences in India? Or is there like...
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think it's it's pretty similar in a lot of ways. You know, of course, there's some the impression differences. That's the I have, yeah, but it's yeah. a little yeah. more accurate than it is, say, like, true. the Chinese food we totally.
1: have here. Well, or, like, the Chinese-Canadian food is a totally different take on Chinese food. It's like, like its yeah. own genre of yeah, food. Yeah, it is. But it's, the Indian food here, though, is pretty authentic, I would say, because, yeah. yeah, there's lots of folks that are making it. And, yeah, it's good.
2: Don't get me wrong about Chinese food. Um, I love it. And I think yeah. it, it has its own sort of Canadian culture intertwined with the Chinese and it's, it's really beautiful, but yeah, it's different. But the, um,
0: yeah, I've yeah. gone, I like, I think I've gone for like some, somewhat more authentic Chinese when I've been in Toronto, like mm-hmm. is dim sum. Is that more, a little more authentic if you go out for dim sum?
1: I have no idea. <sighs> Honestly, honest.
0: I wouldn't know. I haven't spent much time in China. I <laughs> went out for dim sum once. Yeah, My buddy Martin, he lived in China for, for like a year. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so he, he knows the real stuff. He'll take me out sometimes.
2: Yeah. We um we love the Tibetan culture. Of course, Tibet's part of the Chinese Federation. That's oh, a yeah. whole, whole other uh-huh. subject though, isn't it? Yeah. Actually
0: my buddy Martin that I just mentioned, he also loves Tibet. He he he's come up on the show before. He went uh into Tibet mm-hmm. to shoot a documentary That's there. just nice. like a he had to smuggle the camera in because like they don't they don't let no, 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 they no. don't let film yeah, crews in. It's very guarded. So he,
1: like, for
2: sure,
0: snuck it in. They had to dis- disassemble the camera and yeah, like put mm-hmm. it
1: up his butt. And, yeah. I don't think they went that far. <laughs> I, I,
0: I don't know. He's never really mentioned that part, and I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't put it past him. So, but they did. I know they disassembled it, and uh, yeah, it was like they were risking their lives. But the footage they got is amazing. Mm. It's Some of the like, I'll show it to you later. It's some Excellent. of the best footage. You could ever see you, you pro- is available, like nice cinematic nice. footage of Tibet shot like within the past couple of years,
1: mm-hmm. like of the nature of the mountains.
0: Nature the it's it's a five minute short film and it's about um, like a an eight year old girl a nomadic uh, she lives with her grandparents and they mm-hmm. they farm yaks and yep. they and then they they change homes four times a year with the season right. Um, so it's just sort of a little mini doc about, uh, about her. He has kind of a series where he, he, he's trying to document like some of the last remaining, uh, youth still growing up in traditional settings.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, culture that's changing and, uh, you know, rapidly dying.
1: Oh, for sure. But the nomadic culture
2: too, you know, just like our indigenous people Mm -hmm. uh, or the indigenous people here, I shouldn't say our, um, you know, their culture has changed and, you know, the ebbs and flows Also it, by force. But also by force, yeah. And it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's still happening, like, right in front of us right, right now. Yes, yeah. it's, yeah, it's terrifying. Have you ever heard of that
0: tribe? They're south of India and they've never been contacted or virtually never? Hmm. No, um, I don't know about this. Yeah. If people, like, try to roll up the island, they just, like, they get shot at with arrows and it's just, like, India just made it illegal for people to go
2: there. No fly zone.
0: Yeah, just don't do not just go leave alone. and if yeah, leave them alone. And if you go there, we're not responsible for what happens to you.
1: I've never heard of this place.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh the name will come to me.
1: They just want to keep capitalism out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's pure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, what made you come back to Smith's Falls?
2: Well, I think um my real estate, I uh, was uh a good, uh, affordable home at the time, yeah. three, three years ago.
1: We were looking at houses in Guelph because that's where I was doing my PhD. And I still had, after uh, we'd been away, I was doing field work in India for those two years. And then um, we were looking at coming home and we'd saved some money from tree planting and mm-hmm. decided that instead of paying for rent, we could probably afford to buy a humble home in, in the Guelph area. So we're looking at little places there. And then uh, I think it was the first weekend we actually got back to Canada. It was the, the Easter weekend. Jared showed me uh, the listing for our current house uh, in Smith's mm-hmm. Falls here. And he said, what about this one? And I was like, there's no way we can afford that. And then I looked at it and I was like, where is this? Oh, it's in Smith's Falls. And then we went and looked at it and put an offer in that same day and got it. So we only looked at one house in reality, like in, in person. And uh, it just felt felt right. And so I could and then at that time that was 2018 and I was like, "Oh, I can probably just finish my, writing my dissertation from mm-hmm. from Smith Falls and TA some online courses and stuff. It'll be fine." And then like the pandemic happened and everything went online. So Yeah. I was I was ahead of my time with the online.
0: So you guys moved in what month 2018?
1: I think we technically got the house in July, but we didn't move until September because we were finishing up our tree planting season and we went to Burning Man. And we were away for like a month doing that.
2: And then we moved in after Burning Man. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was just a few months before I got here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right around the corner. Yeah. yeah, Right around the corner there.
1: Yeah. And Roz and Rob and Jose and Jordan as well. We all kind of moved yeah. in in the same year. And Pat mm-hmm.
2: and Emma around the corner too. Yeah. They're there. Oh, yeah. I Pat's see Pat every Pat, morning at the podcast, podcast now. Uh, he was in his old house. Yeah. And now he's in his new house. Yeah in this podcast crazy time is pat's house something. touches
1: our house his, his like back corner touches yeah, our back a corner. little bit
2: yeah that's the back tip so right corner
0: so when did you two meet then
1: oh 2004 quite a while ago fourth
2: floor of russell um fourth floor of the russell residence at carlton not the russell motel hotel Whoa.
1: No, we yeah. You're we were both going to Carlton. Yeah, both at Carlton. We were both on the same floor in residence, and we became friends. That's mm-hmm. how, that's what we met. We started dating three years later. Three
2: years later. Was mm-hmm. palin around?
1: Palin around.
2: You well, know? And then you went tree planting together. No. Josie went tree planting first, hmm. and then told me of the glories. And then I thought that, that sounds good. <laughs> Try some of that.
0: Where, where uh, where'd you go?
2: uh in Chapleau, our first year in northern ontario and uh uh you know
1: and then uh, so, i went to bc and then you came to bc the year yeah. after
2: so a lot of it at prince george from there you know in bc a lot of time in pg
0: i had a couple buddies from guelph who did tree planting ian did you know an ian a tree planting ian you didn't know one must have known Ian.
2: i know a couple of yans yeah. <laughs> how about a dan a
1: few of those too yeah a
2: couple of yeah. dans too yeah it must have been one of those guys yeah.
1: tree planting is one of those things though where i feel like sometimes it's like a 50 50 almost like there's so few people that have done it like the community even if you weren't at the same camp you know people from other camps and so it's like if you just throw a name out there there's like a chance there's oh. a chance
2: especially if they were a crew leader Or supervisor, supervisor, because then you, you know, I'm Jared. I'm looking for people Mm -hmm. on the message boards. That's when I was doing it. We were doing it on message boards. Right. Those are, I don't know know if
0: those exist anymore. I don't know if they're needed. They're hard to find. Yeah. (laughs) They're all Facebook groups now. Uh huh. Everything's Facebook now. Kijiji, Marketplace. Mm -hmm.
2: You don't need it. Message boards, groups. Mm -hmm. It's all organized. It's easy. Yeah. You don't have to go to the dark web. (laughs)
0: yeah i think the dark web is just anything outside of facebook
2: page two of google
0: (laughs) 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 i was telling you i was watching that movie yesterday yesterday i was watching yesterday last night and uh those were some of the funniest gags It was like he was looking up stuff that didn't exist anymore so he'd google it just the results he'd get spit back and he's just trying to find the beetles and all that he was getting back is google images of the insect because the beetles didn't didn't exist
1: uh-huh.
0: anymore or.
1: is it like the butterfly effect
0: it was kind of like that yeah it was kind of like that meets groundhog day meets uh what's that other movie with about singer songwriters once with, <laughs> i think with, it's called once
1: once has glenn hansard yes yeah. that, that's what i'm thinking yeah. of glenn hansard yeah and he's a good that, one yeah
0: yeah, but it was—I mean, it was—it was a relatable movie. Living in the sort of music world, particularly like working with singer-songwriters, and sort of seeing that twist on it. But uh, funny movie, cute, cute movie. It's like this weird temporal shift in time, and all of a sudden the Beatles don't exist anymore, except this one guy remembers all their songs.
1: Hmm, can make a lot of money off that.
0: That's what he does. Oh, okay. That's what he does. He oh. exploits. He plagiarizes.
1: Spoiler alert. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: You learn it from the trailer.
1: I guess
0: that's true. Yeah, yeah. What are your next moves then? You told me you had, you had some plans. Yeah, I'm always planning. You some new plans? Always scheming. Anything you, you, you're going to share with our audience? Our, more people are listening, you know. Yeah. I, g- I get to track them. I see them tuning in.
2: Well, we're doing some hot markets this year, and um, we definitely want to aim to have a cafe somewhere in town. Ooh, a cafe. So that's what definitely in the plans. Yeah. It's just like speaking it into existence now. She's got to do a right. lot more work. Right. I think there's there's a lot of space for a couple of cool things in town. You know what I mean? Right. Like uh, there's a couple of couple cool So this is you eating a couple of cool cafes. There's one cool cafe, like say two is awesome. Yeah.
0: So So this is you announcing the intent to yeah. the world.
1: Building the myth.
2: Yeah. Right. It's gotta start somewhere. We just don't know where or when yet. That's right. Right. Gotcha. What's it going to be like?
1: Have you seen motel makeover?
2: Probably a lot of blush. (laughs) Uh, Some, definitely some fake plants so we don't have to water them. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: I love, I love real plants. We do have a lot of
2: plants, but realistically, who wants to water plants at your business? You want to, you know, you got other things to do.
0: You're going to, you're going to roast in the cafe
2: i don't know i'm roasting at four degrees and that's working out really well yeah so we'll see you know it all depends on on the scales of things and you know probably not to start it's a really nice spot to roast at uh at four degrees and yeah, a bet. really nice partnership there it's, it's uh, a nice
0: nice setting
2: they've really taken me under their wing in a lot of ways Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: so then would it be a mighty valley cafe or would it be a yeah i think so
2: a different
1: yeah, I think it'd be Mighty Valley something. Mighty
2: Valley Cafe, coffee yeah. shop, cafe. Yeah. Lots of uh, nice espresso, espresso drinks. You know, some different coffee gadgets. Yeah, coffee grinders, things like that. You know, up in the coffee experience. Any food? Uh, snacks? Probably simple baked goods. Yeah, you know, a couple of things, not too much. Maybe some chocolate. Mm, fair trade chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe fair trade chocolate. I was roasting some chocolate the other day just testing it out roasting it. chocolate yeah roasting the like cacao. cacao beans yes Now,
0: is that like a necessary is that like a necessary step in making cocoa
2: unless you want white chocolate
0: white chocolate's not from unroasted though isn't it no it's from the like the butter
2: Well, how do you make the butter <laughs> <laughs> this is when I, I need to learn all this stuff chocolate's interesting too
0: it's like the there's like grease that comes oh, from the oh, bean yeah. and it's like the fat from it mm-hmm. and I think that comes for like they press it from the outer husk or something and in normal chocolate they'll take a certain amount of that and they'll mix it back in I got a tour of a chocolate factory once nice um, down in like Niagara Like there was a chocolate factory here oh yeah yeah. I, you know what I never got a tour of that one I, and that was like everybody always got a tour of that one I, was, I always would hear about I don't know I, how I missed it on field trip day every fucking year growing up in Ottawa Mm-hmm. But I never, ever, never once did I set.
1: Foot I got to go in the Hershey time. factory one time. One time, yeah, so
0: even you got to go. Yeah, my first From Oxbridge.
1: No, a we, field trip when, from
0: fucking Oxbridge. Like, guess what? Oxbridge <laughs> kids, we're going to Smith Falls to get some chocolate. Yeah.
1: No, when uh, when we first started dating, and like, I don't, I don't know if it was, probably it was two thousand seven summer. Uh, I came here to visit my first, my first trip, and it was just before the, the Hershey factory shut down. So I got to go in and get, we got like a big bag of the, the Reese's, pieces. Reese's Pieces. Yeah, everybody and gets a the, big bag. And then the... Uh, I want my fucking bro, big bag broken of chocolate. All. Yeah. Oh, Henry's? Like Yeah, the Broken Oh, Henry's is exactly. my jam, and your jam the was the Reese's Pieces. I'm going to
0: bulk Bar tomorrow.
1: I just <laughs> eat
2: as many as I could till I feel sick, and then I'd be good for a while. Yeah. And I wouldn't need to do that again.
1: <laughs> that was a nice trip, though. And the movie theater was still here. We went to a movie, and we had dinner at My Place Restaurant. And, uh, I love my it, place. It was, oh, yeah. They're
0: like two doors down.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. They're good stuff. Shout they at my gone? place?
2: Have you eaten there recently? Oh, yeah. We eat at my yeah, place. They're still going. All right? the time. Yeah. I feel like they close early. I was I've thinking. seen you in front of my place while I, I was picking up. My yeah that's <laughs> why i looked at you there because
0: the last time i remember like witnessing them being open i don't know man i i walk by places and i never know these days yeah, it's, it's covid true. and it's i true. see the lights off and i'm like oh i hope those are coming back on like i have no other yeah. reason yeah, to you're right think though. anything you're, else it's just like
1: you mm. have to get your order in by like five and uh hot tip the gypsy platter it's a little bit of everything hmm. it's real good
0: that's our usual i Would love to try that. Mm-hmm. Sounds right up my alley. I always get the Hungry Man breakfast. Oh yeah. I've had the. Have you had the Lockmasters breakfast? No, I've oh. been into it's a solid. It's a solid, solid go at a breakfast for a sure. Fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. You got beans with it. They give you like ham, sausage, and bacon, and beans.
1: This is becoming a food show.
0: And uh, sautéed mushrooms sounds delightful. Eggs. I get mm-hmm. the rye
2: toast.
1: It's everything. It's everything you need.
2: A lot of good eggs around here. <laughs> Lucky. A lot of good people growing. Maybe we'll get eggs here in town. But honestly, we don't even need chickens here. There's so many farmers. Yeah, you know, with egg- eggs around. But uh, that whole chicken debate's another one. So what's cool. with this whole uh, kope luak shit? What?
0: Cope hmm? luak?
2: Oh, the the one. Tell me about that. <laughs> what's the deal with that? I don't, I don't know much about it. I know that the that the animal eats it. And they poop it They're out.
0: They're like a civet, right?
2: Uh, it's like some kind a of rodent, civet. Uh, a bird. I don't. I don't know. It's too expensive. It's, it's like a cat, like shit, raccoon. Man. It's like sixty sixty bucks a pound, or something yeah. like that. Like green beans. That's a lot. It's so like, this
0: cat eats the oh, coffee yeah, beans, the yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they people walk around. They collect
2: this poop and make coffee out of it. Apparently, it's the shit. <laughs> yeah literally that's the yeah one day we can $60 hope
1: dollars a pound that's, that's I, yeah insane. one
2: day we can hope we'd have the the shit coffee but till then
0: what are some other crazy varieties of, of coffee
2: i i think the cool thing about coffee now is that they're uh doing a lot more experimentation on the farms yeah with the fermentation uh-huh. so you pick the coffee off the tree right and it's like a cherry and yeah. then sometimes the farmers just like sell that. They, they like, you know, bunch all that up and sell that for a super cheap price. And then other farmers who have a little more infrastructure, they can do some more stuff with it and different stuff with it.
1: Adding value to it. Adding, yeah, yeah, more
2: value. And there's, you know, more and more farms are finding that they can sell directly to roasters like me in the, in the market and that they can, you know, make more money than just selling their cherry. Mm-hmm. Or selling it, we don't know, you know, one grade below that. So, yeah, uh, on the farm, you know, things like honeyed process where they let the bean ferment for, you know, 48 hours, 72 hours, and, you know, the complexity changes and you get a lot more fruity notes out of it. So, we that's, had a good, that's a cool thing.
1: Yeah, we had a good honey, two honey process that we had. It's like a summer special this year that you brought in?
0: Yeah, I tried one of those. The red and
1: the oh, white. They were delightful. They
2: were, I liked it a lot. Yeah, they're from uh, Costa Rica, uh, from V&G Farms. And yeah, the white honey was a little less fermented than the red honey. And the red honey was the real crowd pleaser. Mm-hmm. Like that one was nice full body. And it was just a light roast. You just had to like, you didn't have to roast it as dark to get nice, you know, full flavors out of it. And so turned out really well. The white honey was delightful as well. Just, you know, not quite as nice, but mm-hmm. that also went really quick.
1: So. Did the, and the, the honeyed process, um, uses less water in its processing, right?
2: Yeah. You know, and there is different methods, the honeyed, you know, the, the, the natural method of processing and the wash method are the two main different, like the different ones and the natural method uses a lot less water than the, the washed and, uh, but it's a little more labor intensive, so uh, yeah, a bit of a difference there. So does that make it like a, like a more
0: environmentally friendly coffee? Cause it uses less water or I think
2: in some contexts it could be. Yeah. But maybe not in all contexts. Um, but I do have... Like, I guess
1: it depends on how you define environment, too. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and, you know, what environment is in what coffee, because it would change from place to place. In some place, they might have, like, a ton of water, and it's just like, well, we we live on the water, and it's, there's water everywhere. Yeah. And you know, we're not going to use it, because it's, you know, it yeah. doesn't make any sense. Right. My, my house is flooded. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, does coffee, does the coffee industry have any, like, notable carbon footprint? Is that a thing?
2: Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. From the shipping and uh, the roasting, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a footprint there
1: for sure. There's also, there's like that, there's like a hydro, like a water footprint too of like how much water is used to produce like, I I don't even know what the statistic is. It's somewhere though of like how much water goes into producing like a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of, it's a, it's a lot.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everything we do.
1: I'm not going to make up a statistic though, so I can't tell you what it is.
2: It's all one, you know, so it's, it does have, a, but it's a huge industry. So, and, uh, there's, there's good players and there's, there's bad ones. I think the, the people in Elmont, uh, well, they're not just outside of Elmont, the fluid roastery, mm-hmm. they're doing some really cool things. They're, they've been open for a little while and they've got a, a solar operation there mm. and they import some good beans and they roast too. So they're kind of doing some, so they some do cool solar stuff. roasting. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty neat. How's that work? well I don't know you have to go there. you have to check them out. Hmm. Check, check out fluid, but um yeah, there's a lot of different different players and different effects of coffee and and different ways of making coffee uh, from the farmer 's perspective and then from my perspective too, whether it 's cappuccinos, lattes, espressos,
1: yeah, I mean like the roasting if you 're talking about sustainability, like the roasting part is only really the part that happens at the very end there's a lot of things that happen from. From the seed to the, the bean getting to us here in Smith's Falls um, that have yeah a broader envir- like social and environmental impact in terms of like labor and environmental inputs and externalities, yeah, there's a lot there's a lot that goes into it. The roasting part is pretty it's a pretty small am yep.
2: just a little guy doing my thing. Mm-hmm. but you know, they say in yoga you can go infinitely inward and you can also go infinitely outward. So even the smallest space can be explored, you know, infinitely. That's deep. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, I mean, that's a big part of what we're trying to do is we're trying to – we acknowledge that we're just a small little bit at the end, and so that we're trying to make sure that what we're bringing, what we're bringing into Smith Falls and what we're roasting is um, something that we can feel good about drinking yeah. ourselves and, like, something that we know has, has gone through – Uh, folks who have similar sort of ideas of what makes a good cup of coffee in terms of the ethics. It's not like, the thing is like ethical sort of coffee, sustainability, these kinds of words used to be very, they used to be like radical and they used to be something that was very uh, like anti-capitalist. And then the thing is when something starts picking up and it starts making money, then capitalism kind of like folds folds that on in. And so then you get like McDonald's and Tim Hortons and all these, and like Starbucks all these big corporations using words like sustainable and ethical, but not being traceable at all. And they just say it in their branding and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah. And like, and and it's like, Oh, we bring in all fair trade. It's like, yeah, but you're bringing in all like Starbucks, for example, and like no tea, no shade here. But, you know, they, they say like we use fair trade coffee, but then they, you know, fair trade, like I was saying before, it just ensures like a minimum ethical requirement. There's no Mm. pushing that forward or trying to like pay farmers even more or do more environmentally. It's sort of maintaining that minimum. And it's and I think Tim Hortons has their own ethical standards and program that they and farms and stuff that they work it with. And it's not that not as traceable. But anyways, what we're trying to do is like we're working with small scale importers that are fairly local and then we're working with, and then they work with farmers directly and are doing some like really cool uh, programming and long-term investments in in the communities and in the farms and farmers themselves. So that, that to us is like what actually like well-sourced ethical coffee is. And it means we pay quite a bit more for our beans, but we feel good about Mm -hmm. the decisions we're making that way.
2: Yeah. I think, yeah, I think small business is the cure to the problem that we're in. I think capitalist. We, the capitalist problem. I think we need to support our small businesses in town and the big businesses that are owned by other people, like outside of you know, all all that money goes away. It goes it goes out and and you know, I don't it doesn't make any sense. And uh, those big businesses, you know, there's uh there's a lot of things that that go south about them. So a lot of problems
0: but we're still capitalists as local yeah. businesses right? yeah
2: i'm a pro-capitalist just it's kind of just do it just do it right don't different version uh, of it yeah treat people correctly and you don't have to when things get too big it gets a little
1: i like to use the term like more than capitalist so it's like our business isn't just about the capitalist bottom line of like making money mm-hmm. it's like you can infuse the the project of like earning a livelihood with uh you know, like dignity for others to also earn a livelihood. Like it's not just about our bottom line, but it's about pursuing values and pursuing things like environmental sustainability, like actually sustainability though, and pursuing relationships and community building. And there's a whole bunch of, there's a whole bunch of things that you can infuse that are like values. And there's a philosophical reason for that behind what we're doing. So it's not just like capitalism is just like, how do I make the most amount of money off of this and it usually capitalism relies on exploiting labor and exploiting Mm -hmm. environmental resources. And so it's like, yes, I guess we are, we are in that system, but it's more than it's more than capitalist. I like that. Yeah. There's some really great, uh, there's a feminist, it's actually two feminist geographers, uh, Gibson Graham, who they, they combine their names and they work, they work together. I think one of them has passed away. Anyways, Gibson Graham have this concept of the community economy where they, engage in a lot of thinking around how you can construct sort of these smaller scale, uh, community economies, like economies that do make money and are, mm-hmm. and can, can provide livelihoods for folks. Um, and then we can all thrive together and, uh, but it doesn't, and it, yeah, you can make money, but you can also thrive with everybody and make sure that, you know, people are supported and do a good, do a good thing for the environment and the the folks around you. Yeah
0: focus on local
1: yeah, yeah. Well, i mean we have to like in a coffee business we have to rely on uh a bean a product that comes or a natural resource that comes from the global south um yeah. necessarily so i mean we can't grow local coffee beans but we can ensure that those practices and processes are transparent and that they're they are ethical and that farmers are getting paid uh more than what a you know fair trade would call a fair price or a basement bottom sort of mm-hmm. level, it's like no, it's more than that. And we're investing in their farms and in their in their future and trying to create something that's that's long term and it's predictable mm-hmm. for the farmers. Yeah.
0: So is it is it just flat out impossible to grow coffee beans here? Yes. <laughs> in a word, yes, it's impossible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What what makes it
2: so impossible? I, I think it's the uh, it's the temperature. We, you, maybe someone would get away with doing some of the robusta bean here, which is like you can grow it at lower altitudes and it's okay. got twice the amount of caffeine. They make Ooh. instant coffee from it. I oh. got some of it, and um, maybe some of that in a greenhouse. I don't know if that's something you could do something in a greenhouse. But typically, coffee is grown at really high altitudes, hmm. and uh, you know. So picture Honduras and Costa Rica. Right. You know, high in the Andes and Peru. Stuff like that. What is
0: it about the high altitude? Is it like, is there a little less moisture? Because those are like real I think rainforesty ha- countries, right?
2: I think at the higher altitudes it has to do with uh, how the plant grows and the bean tends to get denser at the higher altitudes. Mm. And so the denser the bean, the more packed in all that good stuff is. And so you get a really nice you know, be, uh tight bean. <laughs> nice. But I
1: mean, it's, it's uh because it's a high altitude plant, it's like very much being uh, impacted by climate change. Yeah. Though, and, and changing climate. And there's, there's a lot of like leaf rust and like all kinds of things that are happening and, and are creating like unpredictability for uh, folks working in like the farmers and the producers yeah. in those places.
2: Yeah. This year, there's a big, big frost in Brazil, drove the price way up. So that was a big environmental uh, issue. And uh, I think at the same well, time. It's,
1: just it's like the looking at the long run of of the coffee industry, I think, with climate change, is, it's a bit scary um, for everybody involved. I I've think. heard a little
0: bit about that. Mm-hmm. I don't know a lot, but I've heard that there's that kind of scary times that they're having. There's a lot of crops dying.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like lots of different crops, but cr- coffee I think is is sensitive, it's especially mm-hmm. susceptible just because it is like a high altitude. So like as as the, you know, things warm up and yeah, I don't know. Altitudes will like the, if they need the high altitude for for certain reasons, then that be that's definitely impacted by climate change. Yeah. Things well, are I, warming up. I
2: think the the smaller uh, farmers as well, they plant different uh species. And so that helps. I think when you have massive farms, the monoculture mm-hmm. then the disease spreads through a bit quicker. Yeah. Um but I'm not an expert on coffee growing. Just coffee roasting. Coffee roasting.
1: <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Do they ever
0: cuz they're beans, right? Mhm. Do they ever make use of like sprouting within mm-hmm. any of the processes? Like they do that like they ma- that's like malted barley, right? Like when they make a whiskey like they sprout it first.
2: Yeah. yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It,
1: is that a seed though or is that cuz the bean isn't coffee bean is not a seed it's a seed for oh. sure it's a seed yeah. i'm not the coffee guy that's the coffee guy <laughs> <laughs> you, you are not the
2: coffee guy it is definitely a seed so you and could potentially like you malt, could, malt it uh, and sprout it yes i think that's i think that's true and then it would be more sugary when you roasted it yeah we're deep in this podcast so i don't think anyone's gonna call me on it but <laughs> <laughs> We could try it.
1: Spread yeah. coffee. Yeah,
2: well, I'll try it. I'll look up. I'll. I'll we can. I'll, I'm gonna look it up right now. Yeah, get get into it because I always thought we've got a Google machine right here about you know growing a coffee plant. But I you know you know we have we've had a coffee plant in our house actually didn't we?
1: Oh, Sprocket? I bought it at coffee. IKEA. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's
2: a real coffee plant. Yeah, and um, it can grow large, it but did, it just did not it fruit won't, for us. It won't fruit. It's just like you can have a mango tree in your house in Canada, but
0: yeah, there's people doing it. Sprouted coffee, because I know they make, uh, my mother-in-law and and my mother both are always bringing around this sprouted bread, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. made from sprouted grains. Mm -hmm. Apparently it's better for you. It's called Ezekiel. Oh. Apparently it was encouraged to make bread from sprouted grains in the Bible.
2: Hmm. I've seen these at the grocery store. Ezekiel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. People apparently gives, uh. Less problems to people with gluten right. sensitivities. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: You Got to find what works for
0: you. Sometimes I eat entire meals of
2: just gluten. Hey, We're a big pasta family. We love making pasta. I mean like pure gluten though. Oh, like, uh, the like, gluten flour? like, like wheat meat? Yeah.
0: yeah. Satan. 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 Is, that, is that how it's pronounced?
2: I don't know. <laughs> I just like to say it like that satan meat tonight darling
0: yeah i got a good recipe for that stuff yeah but it's to, like pure gluten it, it is yeah, we it, used to
1: do that like we used to be like faux chicken wings and stuff yeah it wreaks we havoc were, on we me though meat, but there's so much gas that comes out so of much your gas body.
2: yeah <laughs>
0: yeah i handle it fine oh yeah man. i, I love feel, that shit. it's
2: filling actually when i was planting it was great because we'd have it in the morning and i'd take one of those like this brick of our our camp cook meg she made a schnitzel Beautiful out leg. of it and uh, you know, something like that. And there was other things with, with um, you know, sausages and, but it did, it was tough on uh, for the aromatics. Yeah. Yeah. To say the least.
1: Especially cause we lived in a tent. That
2: One was... sleeping bag. Yeah. AKA the fart sack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was vegetarian
0: for a few years. Yeah, and we- so I, I really liked that stuff. It was, I didn't like mm-hmm. tofu. I mean, I did like tofu, but I liked tofu when it was tofu and not trying to be like tofu dogs or tofurky or chicken tofu and stuff. Because it just tasted like weird processed soy in those cases to me.
2: Gotcha. yeah, Yeah, Yeah. Totally.
0: But like just nicely fried tofu, pepper salt tofu. It's like Mm, deep fried tofu. Definitely, yep. Yum 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 yum. It sounds delightful.
1: We're back to the food podcast again. <laughs>
0: oh, we bounce around. We bounce around. We'll go from coffee to food and to yoga. We haven't talked much about yoga. You're pretty deep into yoga, right, Jared?
2: I uh, yeah. From that time when I was in India, I was doing an undergrad in yoga studies, and so that was that was pretty good. I did a couple of teacher trainings as well, and did some studying, some personal study, and um, yeah, and I taught here in Smith Falls when. We moved here for a couple of years up until the pandemic started. That's actually
0: when I first met you.
2: Yeah. At the yoga, the first the rise first, yoga the first, fest.
0: The only real.
2: Well, la- this year I would say it was a rousing success. There was, oh, yeah,
0: but it was like an, ev- like a weekly event. Right? Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. This was like new, uh different format, but that the was attendance was excellent. Excellent. Like a lot of people came out every time. That's great to that. Yeah. It was like 40, 60, sometimes even more. Awesome. Yeah. Fabulous. But, um, yeah, so I've done a little bit of teaching, uh, just people, and a little bit of studying.
1: Uh, just people? <laughs> You're not doing goat yoga? Or-
2: no, yeah. no. You used to do yoga, yoga in here. Yeah, in this very room, actually.
0: Yeah, that's nuts.
2: Yeah, I would stand uh, oh, I would stand where you are, actually, to, to teach a class. I wouldn't stand here. Now I'm in charge. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were running the show here you touch your toes? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not sure I can. <laughs> and I'm okay with that.
2: Yeah. Well, you got to be good with where you are. You're perfect exactly how you are, but you could use some work. <laughs> That's an old Zen saying, I think. Right.
0: Mr. Rogers, he, should. <laughs> you know, he left off that end part. Yeah. Do you do yoga, Josie?
1: Um. Occasionally. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You're uh, just not quite as avid?
1: Yeah, I'm more of like a hunch at my desk all day kind of gal. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm a bit. I'm more like one of those too.
1: It's like anti-yoga. It's like a hunch forward, round the shoulders. Yeah. I should I should do yoga is the answer to that question. I should do it more. But
2: yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it's been a great practice for me, for especially around these times. Good stress reliever and uh, a yeah, nice constructive way to to. So Deal stuff. What is yoga? Yoga. Uh like a lot of people start with the definition of just being of union. You know, yoga. That's what the
0: word y- yoga means? Coming union? from
2: coming from the word to yoke. To yoke together with the divine. Um that's you hear that a lot. But so it it's it's uh uh definitely an, an old tradition. Of sorry, uh, did you say from the yoke? Uh, yoke, 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 as in uh, uh, like to, uh, like a, uh, the reins on a on a horse. I see, I see. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Is uh, anyway. the
1: yoke that thing that goes across like the oxen necks? No,
2: the yoke the yoke uh, binds something together, coming together. They'll no. look that one up. In any case, yoga is, uh, it's you know, been practiced throughout the ages in different forms. A and wooden
1: cross piece that is fastened over the necks of two animals and attached to the plow cart so that they're pulling together.
2: Is there another definition? correct. Is there another correct. definition? Anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't stop at people's geography. No animal, way. Animal <laughs> geography, too. knows it all,
1: That man. was just Googling right there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So so the the yoga that we do here, uh the physical practice is one thing for sure. Like that was started in like last century, kind of a fitness thing that that began and uh like the movement of the body, you know, structured into a class. Yeah. That's kind of like a relatively new phenomenon of yoga. And then, you know, before that, there were people who uh, renounced the world, you know. Uh, those those wandering monks, the sadhus, and they were practicing yoga as well. You know, practicing austerities and um, different postures and breathing techniques. And They were doing yoga as well.
0: So they were were they monks who did yoga, or were they monks because of the yoga they did?
2: Yeah, definitely. Maybe so they both. Like, they you were know, like yoga monks. Sure. And then if you were a householder and you did yoga all the time, then you were, or you know, you were very devout. In, in your in your life, you're a good person, then you're doing yoga there too. So,
0: you wh- know? where what is the line between yoga and religion? Um,
1: good question. Well, you should y- explain the three: the gyan, bhakti.
2: Well, uh, well, yeah, yeah. I guess uh, like yoga is just is the method, uh, you know, of 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 getting together with. The one with the with the eternal spirit, with God, however you want to define that, you know, with Krishna, uh, with Shiv, um, but the thing, um, so the thing about religion is the yoga grew with that, grew, grew with grew in that context of of Hinduism. So it's a it's a method within that structure, but you could use that method, um, you know, you could use yoga in Christianity as well. So I think yoga is kind of the, you know the practice, I guess, and that's combined with religion, the action, if you will, and the devotion.
1: Yeah, like it, and it, the knowledge of it. It doesn't it didn't develop like in a vacuum, independent of like politics and religion yeah. and everything. Like it's yeah, all yeah. intermeshed.
2: But from my understanding, is like there's practices of yoga, and they combine. You know, combine that in a religion, or you combine that in. It doesn't have to be religion; it could be, you know, your secular life. But if you're practicing, you know, good things and you're, you know, uh, good, good habits. You know, good physical and mental um, habits. You're, the you're yams doing and yoga. Niams. The yams and niams are an example of that, or like the uh, the noble, the eightfold noble path in Buddhism, or you know, the Ten Commandments in Christianity. I think it all kind of runs together, right? I see, uh, but you do- I think I see?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could say, not this is like a direct parallel, but I mean, I could I could say, I could say I'm going to pray, mm-hmm. and that could mean a certain thing, but that would apply to any religion. Right? Oh yeah, I could I could pray in any religion, so I could do yoga, I could practice yoga, yoging. Yeah, you could yoga in any out. religion. Uh huh. Yeah. Is that?
2: Yeah, for sure. Am I getting it? Yeah, definitely. Like, if you're a Christian, you can practice yoga. And the thing, too, that, that people are practicing are often just the practices that the teacher is presenting them with. And sometimes those teachings have come from, you know, uh, a person who's had a, you know, a, a gymnast, you know, who's who's worked through their body and is able to show you things, you know, a teacher in that way. Or maybe it's, a, you know, a person like me who's just a guy who's interested in the body and has, uh, you know, lots of experience in doing different uh, stretches and and things like that. (laughs) (laughs) You've had a
1: lot of experience in being really inflexible and working really hard. the unflexible
2: dude who got more flexible is kind of like my trope, Mm. you know? Um, So you you can learn from a lot of different people. You know, some people pronounce themselves as gurus and that they have a, a sacred lineage and some of those people are probably true. And some of them might not be, um, but some of
1: those people might be sexual predators, some of them
2: yeah, so de- what's the governing body for calling yourself a guru that's oh. the there isn't right fair trade gurus <laughs> no there there isn't and that's kind of one of the the, the cool things about Hinduism is that it's not like uh, there's not it's not a big institution yeah. you know and like the like the Catholic Church or even in you know, a lot of other old Christian churches it's a hierarchy and and like it seems like there are institutions there in the hindu world and it gets very Mm. political don't you know obviously
1: extremely politicized right
2: but there are a lot of different factions different gurus who pop up and 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 go down over the years and um and that's kind of like how how it is it seems so one
0: can self-proclaim themselves a guru
2: yeah for sure
0: what about a yogi is there some sort of minimum requirement for calling yourself a yogi not
2: these days not no. These days, for sure.
0: What does that traditionally mean? Somebody who teaches it? I think it my teacher who's mastered it.
2: I asked my teacher that one time, and he said, Someone who's reached samadhi, like the highest, someone who's spiritual enlight, enlightenment, you know, self uh, identification with the divine. Some good stuff. But. Um, You know, to to do that work often people put in many years. You know what I mean? It's like your job is that's that's what your job is, is to like do yoga for eight to ten hours a day. And you like a lot of you know, so there's a lot of sacrifices that those people make who are gurus because they do a lot of service. You know, they're seeing people constantly and some of them have to do their practices, yeah, anyway.
0: The first time I ever heard of yoga or a yogi was when they had a yogi on this show when I was a kid called, I uh, think it was called something like How'd They Do That
1: <laughs>
0: or something like that. This guy crawled into a tiny little glass box, <laughs> folded himself up. Yeah. It was unbelievable. That was, the f- that was my first experience with a yogi.
2: I think my first experience was when my uncle did a headstand in our living room. He's like, it's because of yoga. Mm. I'm like, oh, interesting.
0: You ever heard that song Elvis sings about yoga? No. It's like an anti-yoga song. Oh. Elvis has an anti-yoga song. I didn't know that. really? It's from one of his shitty movies.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Making that money. (laughs) Get that bag, Elvis. Yeah.
0: You you can YouTube it. Yeah, I'll check it out. Elvis yoga. Yeah. He even tries a couple poses Uh in the music video.
1: Does he fold himself into a glass box? No. Hmm. No. That's...
0: No. He's uh, he's no yogi. No. But he can move.
2: Mm-hmm. He
0: could. You like Elvis? Elvis person or a
2: Beatles person? <laughs> Definitely Beatles, Beatles. If it's a comparison. Yeah. I like them both. For sure. They're both... I haven't really spent the time with Elvis that I have with the Beatles.
0: Well, the Beatles were the songwriters.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yesterday, that's what the movie's really all about, the strength of their songwriting more
2: than anything. Mm-hmm. Which beetle are you? If you had to be a beetle? Like,
1: if you had to be one, which one do you if,
0: like the most? Which one do I, oh, yeah. I like the most, or oh, which, which one, one do I feel is the most me? Yeah, that one. Um, that one. I, I honestly don't know. Um, I think probably I'd be either more of a George or a Ringo mm. myself. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm a Lennon or a Mark Yeah. How about you?
2: Yeah, I think I'd have to go to George. Yeah, he likes yoga. Unlike Elvis, was he a big yoga guy? Oh yeah, he was a big yoga guy.
1: We mm. went to the uh, the ashram where the Beatles stayed during our mm-hmm. our first trip to India. Mm. It's like all abandoned and overgrown. Yeah, in cool, Rishikesh. Though. Yeah, it was neat. It's cool to see.
2: And check it out, but it's uh, cool
1: to see like the old footage of when they were there, and it was mm-hmm. pretty crazy. Uh, and then to go there and it's just like this abandoned old compound, basically.
2: Yeah. I think the guru went to jail. <laughs> I think that's what happened there.
1: Yeah. Interesting.
2: <laughs> guru jail. Yeah. I don't know. Just regular jail. Just regular. Yeah. Jail.
0: yeah. <laughs> A special, uh, how no. do you, gu- how do gurus fare in prison? Do uh, okay uh, in no. prison?
2: no, no, no. Yeah. They're probably fine. They probably yeah. do well. <laughs> yeah. Just influence.
1: They're good yeah. at influencing and manipulating people.
2: I become a, yeah. become a, the prison guru. Uh-huh. There's a movie there. The prison guru. You ever see The Love Guru with Mike Myers? Yes. Yes, I've seen every Mike Myers movie. I never saw that one. It's pretty good. Is it? Is no, it there, good? I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of, you watched yesterday, yesterday, so you should give you Love Guru a shot.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like a Vox article told me I'm not allowed to like that movie. mm yeah,
2: there might be issues with it. It hasn't aged well.
1: I don't remember it. I remember. I mean, I watched Austin Powers a million times when we were younger. But.
2: I rewatched the Austin Powers movies, and they seemed to age okay.
0: Um,
2: maybe. Yeah,
0: I thought. Yeah, so. I I think they probably could because because I mean they were making fun of yeah. the '60s and the '90s. Yeah. So they were already sort of flipping on it, on, flipping it on yeah. its head. So mm-hmm. it's like those have survived well because. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if anything, we're ju- like just making fun of boomers more these days, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's gonna age well.
2: Yeah, everyone needs a good ribbing.
0: But uh, there was another Mike Myers movie I think that didn't age well. I remember whether was something in Wayne's World. I know people have complained
2: about uh, Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. Yeah, mm. I could see that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Some transphobia there for sure. Yep. It's uh, it's an interesting time, and uh, it's good to reflect on on our speeches, reflect on our actions. You know, yeah. try and be better people. Yeah, you know, listen to some people who whose voices haven't been heard. It's a good it's a good thing to do. I'm all on board with this stuff.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we don't even know what we're still doing right now that we're going to learn twenty years from now was just not okay. Yeah, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. My mom didn't have a car seat when she was a kid. The fuck was that? They didn't have seat belts.
2: Yeah. They didn't have, have seatbelts. No. I've seen lots of kids on the back of motorcycles. I've seen like a five-person family, like yeah. three kids, one in the front. The The father's got the, the baby, and then the mother is in the back. There's one more kid in there somewhere, too. Yeah. There's or, she's,
1: or she's holding like a microwave on her lap. Yeah.
2: There's these yeah. Kids they're on doing my what they have to do to survive, man.
0: There's these kids on my street. Building a ramp, a giant oh, like, we've seen, we've seen wooden that. launch ramp. It's got nails and screws uh, sticking out of it the thing was in fierce. every direction. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> They're just out there shirtless, helmetless. Oh yeah. Shoeless half the time, I think.
2: Yeah, I, I saw it today. It was taken down. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was in, in shambles, completely taken down. But that I think we saw it at its height. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's like the height of Rome, right there. Like, I've been watching. We rule the world. I've been watching
0: them all summer. That's what it culminated to yeah. because it it started with like they lay they lay a board down the front stairs. We're riding their bikes <laughs> yeah. down the board down the stairs. And then they added a piece at the end of the curb with like a little a little launch. It was just like a board. 2x4. So the, like they had the, the the
1: wood. It was like wood on the sidewalk with a log underneath it. And I was a little, yeah. I was a little <laughs> pissy about it because it was it was just on the sidewalk, and it was like this is an accessibility issue. Anyways
2: kids. kids. <laughs> it reminded me
0: of the 80s. It really, I yeah, haven't seen it was shit good. like that in a while. It was Nails. good. I don't Nails think Nails anyone got on. hurt.
2: <laughs> and it was a good street to do it on. I hope the kids are safe. Um, but yeah, I had fun with it. I didn't I didn't call anyone. I took pictures.
0: Yeah, Not to like
2: do anything with. Post to Facebook. And
0: make a meme out of or something. Yeah. It was hilarious.
2: Yeah, for sure. It's good. I know that I was doing the exact same thing. I hope I was anyway.
0: I think the ones I built usually just like collapsed as soon as my bike <laughs> hit them. I think <laughs> yeah. that happened to these kids too. Good on them. Yeah. That's good stuff. So what are you looking forward to in town? The pandemic is... You, you were saying... I can't remember if it had even hit record yet, but you were saying you think we're only halfway through this shit?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I sure.
0: think you might be right, but I feel yeah. like the second half is going to be like... Better.
2: The first half was kind of like yeah. Christmas though. Oh, and that the was exciting. The first big
0: well, no, yeah, like I got old small, fucking it, fast. Man. It,
2: it is a good couple of weeks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm done with Christmas after
2: a week <laughs> yeah, when it's right.
0: actual Christmas.
2: Um, yeah, but yeah, I've, I've just, I've heard some epidemiologists speak yeah. on the CBC and here's, and there, they have some insightful things to say. And you know, you look at uh, what was the, the last big, uh, pandemic we had or was it the epidemic was it the black plague then it... i mean it depends how what you're what are you talking quantifying is big uh, but yeah. uh, i think i
0: think like a hundred years ago there was a pretty big the spanish flu or the spanish flu the spanish yeah, spanish yeah yeah flu that's the pretty big.
2: the spanish flu yeah yeah and um so the effects of that it takes it takes a few years you know economically and and yeah. then of course socially yeah and so yeah yeah it would, it's gonna take a little bit of time for sure so i think it was i heard I think it was Singapore or something.
0: And I heard recently like changed their status from pandemic
2: to endemic. Yeah. I mean, so did Alberta, right? Did they? Well, they, yeah, they did. And everything has gone a bit sideways hmm. in Alberta. again, they had to reintroduce, um, you know, some of the masking and, uh, social distancing and, you know, all that stuff those health precautions yeah yep. it's just it's, so
1: there's a lot of it's uncertain and we don't know everything's what's uncertain, gonna happen yeah, but at yeah. least like uncertainties become more of just like the norm <laughs>
2: and and then also to remember too we're like we're we are in one of these countries too that has uh, uh a lot of vaccines in people's bodies things are going really well here in terms of the numbers and uh yeah so that's that's good for an inside culture like us
1: like fr- friends and family members of colleagues of mine overseas are still like getting sick and uh yeah it's uh i don't know even with vaccines people are still getting sick it's just you're not getting as sick and whatever it's still going and uh we just have to the question though was what are we looking forward to Mm. what are we looking forward to in smith's falls
2: i'm looking forward to the cold water that's one thing i'm looking forward to go for some more swims yes going for some dips did anybody ever join you yes yes who? Yeah. When a guy named Rob from Manatic Yeah, joined in. Uh Did in my, he last? Uh, yeah. Oh, he was in there. He was a seasoned vet. He was good. Nice. In my first year doing it, you know, Andrew Howard came with me. Mm-hmm. Rob McLaren. Um, you know, for a little bit, just a quick dip. Um but yeah, not usually. A lot of times I like to do you know, like go for a run and then jump in. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm going in the winter, you know, it's not a, a big show. It's just, you know, you know, going in for the effects of it. Mm-hmm. how how, you, uh, how it changes your body which is really cool you know just bit by bit of course taking it slow but the cold can be uh, very healing in my experience and so I enjoy it and then also the just kind of like a nervous system reset and a fun little excursion I went into ice water like that once
0: I was doing that thing where you try and ski across it at the bottom of the ski hill <laughs> like yes. bing- it was like 50 feet long yeah Turns out it's a lot easier to actually do that on skis cuz they're so skinny right. versus a snowboard mm-hmm. oh, yeah. which is no what I was on and I just yeah I didn't even make it very far.
2: Cuz you can't lean back, you know, on skis you can kind of get down.
0: You can get down. Right. So you can't do that on a board. Yeah. There's sort like chunks of ice floating
2: everywhere. It was yeah. Shockingly cold. End of the day right there. Did you go back up? Ski left? No, no,
0: <laughs> no. I, was, I I. went right inside and uh, sat by the fire, sat by a big fire. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I would have been by that fire the whole time. There would have been no cold water skiing.
0: I you do know. any winter sports?
1: Do I do any winter sports? I like to skate. I like to skate a little bit. Yeah. Um, In figure skates, specifically, I like to skate. Were you a figure skater? I mean, until I was like 13. I stopped when I was in high school, but... I like, yeah. I like to skate.
0: For some reason, I feel like I I know that you figure skated. What about I you, Jared? You you ski or snowboard? Yep.
1: Ski. Oh, we always ski.
2: Yeah, we both ski as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, downhill ski. I, yeah.
1: Jared grew up skiing, and I learned how to ski when I was like thirty. So I go to the ski hill and I ski the the easier routes.
0: Where do you guys go? You go around here? Go to Yep. Calabogie,
2: Pakenham, yeah, Calabogie, pa- or you know into you know, Fortune, Adelweiss Yep around Ottawa, you know, yeah. cascades. Yep. That's where I grew, grew up going, you know, nice. Mont Saint Marie, a little trombone. Yep.
0: I used to teach at Camp Fortune, mm, taught mm-hmm. snowboarding there, and I taught snowboarding at Cascade.
2: Camp Fortune had, used to have that sweet lip underneath the uh, underneath the chair lip. Mm-hmm. You remember that guy? Yep. I'd come down and bomb that thing and get huge air. Yeah. It was sweet. Yeah. It was you a could, really good hill. Yeah, you could hug really that hill. thing. Yeah, it was good fun. Yeah, I like sports, you know, basketball, hockey. Yeah, it's one thing to do around here in Smith Falls. We mm-hmm. have really great facilities. Great great hockey. Yeah, especially for hockey. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's nice. Two arenas.
1: Yeah. Right beside one another.
0: One for the kids, one for the Bigger people.
2: One day I hear there's going to be a basketball court there too. Yeah. Indoor.
1: Nice. <laughs> are you just willing that into uh, fruition? <laughs> yeah, just starting
2: a that rumor. Into the universe Yeah. Soon? yeah. yeah. A yeah. municipal basketball It's going to be a Mighty Valley, Valley coffee
1: shop and Mighty also Valley, an I think Mighty Valley indoor basketball, basketball.
2: court. I think they might be, there's this deal. They're working the basketball court and the coffee shop are connected somehow. And uh, so yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I just, I just heard a rumor basketball court. They got the uh, 2019 Raptors championship floor. I'm just gonna put that in.
1: <laughs> just gonna put that in. You're a Raptors fan.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge, huge Raptors fan. Mm-hmm. Yep, season's coming up. I'm looking forward to that. How many NBA teams does Canada have? Now? Just, one. just the one. Just the one. Did, yeah, were there?
0: Wasn't there another one that was supposed to happen? Yeah,
2: Vancouver failed. Moved yeah. to Memphis. So they did. Unfortunately, yeah, it was there at the start. It was, uh, you know, Vancouver and Toronto at the start. They both started the same year. Same year, yeah. Hmm. How long did Vancouver draft? last? Like five, five or six years? I don't know. Not not too long. Once they drafted Big Country Reeves, it was pretty much done. But um, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't didn't work out. Although you know, I think it could re- really work out now uh, in Vancouver. It's a great sports city, but and the NBA is just huge. Have so. the Raptors won a championship yet? come on yeah of course 2019 (laughs) I couldn't remember whether they won it (laughs) you you, you. everyone remembers where they were when the Raptors won that championship I don't I went to one of the games too I went to Boston Pizza with Andrew Howard oh yeah I was there oh we were there I was there too we were at the other end of the table yeah that was game five that was when Kevin Durant hurt himself Hmm. I high five Nick Ritchie I feel bad about that for Kevin Durant I'm happy that we won it was a sweet high five yep It'll be exciting. They're not in championship uh, contention this year, uh, as predicted, but they've got some nice players. And I've been a Raptors fan for a while, so I just enjoy watching basketball. Mm-hmm. Whoever's whoever's playing, yeah, be it uh, Demar Derozan, Kyle Lowry, or Andrea Bargnani, and uh, Raptors fans will get that joke. <laughs>
0: so you got any new coffees coming up?
2: I do, actually. I have a coffee coming in from Guatemala. I'm going to pick it up. Uh, I was a bit delayed, and I'm pretty excited about that. It's uh, first time we've had this coffee. I sampled it a couple months ago.
1: It's from Samia. From in, Samia Coffee, in Montreal.
2: Yeah, Montreal, and um, it's cool because these coffee farmers are, you know, doing something something different. In, in Guatemala. It's my first time. I'm not super familiar with the project, but. Have you ever been down to those parts? Central America? Not Central America. We've
1: been south, but not Central Yeah, we, yeah.
2: we visited uh, Ecuador, Peru, and Bolivia in 2010 and 11, um, but uh, not Central America. So I think in this particular project, they're standing up against mining. They're a yeah, Canadian they're, mining they're company, like actually.
1: Indigenous land defenders, and they're. Yeah. they're Defending themselves against mining, and I think yeah, mm-hmm. Canadian. There is a Canadian mining company involved in that as well. So yeah,
2: and so we're happy to to bring in this coffee. It's it's awesome coffee, and it's farm from farmers who are trying to make a livelihood and and maintain land, you know, and not have it just uh, mined. Mined.
0: So is that going to be a new uh, a new bag?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, new yeah. stickers. New bag, new sticker. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of a name for it got some ideas floating around so it will be a grand release on that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, what we want to we want to yeah. try it first. We've got some ideas but we want to
0: Right. Yeah. So you're going to play with the roast a bit first? Mhm.
2: Yeah.
1: Find the ideal situation.
2: Yeah, but honestly I kind of roast like I just kind of do it like a city roast to a full city roast right now. I don't know, like I have a, a large spectrum kind of from like a medium to medium dark. Mhm. And um partly just because I I like the way that tastes. And when you buy a nice nice and you roast them super dark. Sometimes you don't get some of the nice flavors. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it'll just taste like char. Yeah,
2: it'll just taste like char. So I want to bring out the really nice flavors in the coffee. So kind of like that city roast, the full city roast, you kind of get the full flavor of the bean mm-hmm. with a nice caramelization of it. So we'll see. We'll see. It'll be kind of maybe a little darker or a little lighter. But so I, if
1: somebody I out want to th- be lighter.
0: Yeah. If somebody out there were... Looking to step into the world of wanting to up their coffee game. Like, you're talking to somebody who's got like a big jar of Maxwell House. Yeah. Pre-ground Maxwell House, and they put it in the coffee filter. For sure. And that's how they make their coffee every morning. But they're thinking, you know, I had this, this coffee after mm. dinner at the Italian restaurant, and man, was it good. <laughs> yeah how can I make my morning experience more like that? What are the best rules to follow? You want the whole beans because then you're grinding them yeah. right yeah, away, yeah. right? You, get, yeah, that, yeah, you yeah. get that release from the bean?
2: For sure. But if we're talking about just that person who wants to step up from their percolator, then I would say just get try and find a fresh bag of beans, like freshly roasted within a week or within, a week. Or within th- two weeks.
1: Within a couple of months even. Cause yeah, a lot of this it's still good. But yeah. if
2: you've never done it before... And you're also looking for uh, for, um, ground coffee oh. as this person is. So ground. that's why I say even, even less time just for that experience mm-hmm. to like to step it up. So if yeah. you have like a really fresh cup of coffee, um, then that makes a big difference. And so that's what I would say to that person is just go get, try a, a super freshly roasted coffee. And my, my coffee has the roasted on date.
1: Yeah. A lot of, a lot of coffees will have the best before the expiration date. Ex- yeah. And that doesn't really tell you much. Right. Roasted on, you know, it was roasted.
0: So do you, do, do you sell any ground at this point or are you doing it all whole I do at
2: Garden Market. Garden Market uh, has asked me to deliver them ground. And I, on my website too, if you order from the website, I'll grind it for you. And when I'm at the farmer's markets, I'll grind it for you. But a lot of people who buy my coffee, uh, they grind it at home um, because they have grinders. So that's step two. Yeah. you know, Invest in a grinder. Invest in a grinder. hmm and that's how you can up your coffee game to a next level. And there are many different grinders. I know it sounds crazy, but in investing in an in a grinder that's like two or three hundred bucks might be a good idea, or even four or five. Because you might have it just go with one of those old technology grinders, you know, something a nice burr grinder. Yeah. And that little kitchen appliance will last many, many years. You know, ten years, fifteen years. You know, grinders are very hardy. Uh, but five hundred you know, bucks though. Yeah, I know it's 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 crazy. You don't have to See, spend five hundred dollars. You can my spend one fifty. My little Black and
0: Decker yeah. one cost me like fifteen bucks on sale. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, no. It's, yeah,
0: yeah, it's been Budbuster. It's been going a good decade.
2: Yeah, at least probably use some marijuana in that thing too.
0: Well, I have a separate one
2: for that. <laughs> yeah, isn't as <laughs> <laughs> good for that.
0: You don't want to cross the flavors no. unless you do. Yeah, I don't know. You can get it's hand grinders doing that
2: now as well. For cheaper, yeah. like that do really nice, like ceramic burr grinders. Yeah. Um, but it's time consuming. and um, But, you know, they're like 50 bucks or something, 40, 50 bucks. But even your little, the little, brown, brown. Yeah. The
1: blade The, grinder, uh, the yeah. herb
2: grinder. Then it's, it is good for French presses. Um, but if you're doing... Your pots of coffee, it's really tough to get consistency in it. So mm-hmm. then you just got to, like, mash the coffee, like, and then you powder, make it powder into dust, and then, then that's not ideal for fil- filter coffee. And the bean size isn't uniform, too, when you use that type of grinder. And so you're not getting the best qualities out of the bean. So so that's why. So then, I guess, getting a really nice grinder is level three. Mm. It's going going that level three.
1: But you can get a burr grinder for like 100 bucks. Yeah,
2: you can. And, they, and then that makes a big difference yeah. too.
0: So does it, what, what's special about a burr grinder? Does it, does it maintain a consistent grind? Yeah, yeah that's that's a, That's, that's that, what it that's does. It's, it's not going to over-pulverize?
2: Yeah, unless you need it to go super fine for espresso, you want it, yeah, espresso. or Turkish coffee. But mm-hmm. it's, even when you go super fine, it's going to be um, uniform. And so it's a nice extraction. Hmm. So that's that. And I haven't even talked about like, ways to extract coffee. You know, it's all about the grind. If you want to drink good coffee, then you gotta
0: grind it well. Yeah, because I use that cheap grinder and I go into a French press. Yeah, that's my method. Yeah, that's pretty good. That'll use fresh beans.
2: Yeah, yeah. So you got a couple of steps there for sure, but there's there's room for improvement (laughs) if you wanted to, but you don't need to. So
0: from from Black and Decker grinder to Burr grinder, yeah. And from French press to what? Well,
2: French well, press. French press is really good. It's okay, but it tends to muddle all the flavors. You just have to have um, the right kind of grind with it. Too. Yeah. And so, if you want something with uh, like uh, a pour over, which is like you know a cone, like a Chemex. Yeah. A glass thing that produces a little less body, uh, a lighter body uh, coffee, and so you might get some more finer details out of that. Or even a smaller one, like a little V60 that would go over the cup. You know, mm-hmm. and a pour over that'd be fun, or an espresso machine. And so you can pour yourself shots and then you get, you know, a lot of different complex flavors from the coffee. I have a Nespresso.
0: Yeah. How do you feel about those?
2: I'm not a supporter. Um, it's a good, nice business model because if you buy an espresso machine, then you have to buy an espresso coffee for the rest of your machine life. So it's nice for that. It's a subscription model. So yeah, it's very savvy, but I don't think it's great for the coffee world. It's a lot of waste and yeah. stuff like that. It's just like, let's, let's keep coffee. We've only been doing coffee for like, 600 years as people or even less 500 years so let's just kind of keep it to classics for now i don't use it much yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and espresso machines keurig machines they're new things but i don't think they're gonna last uh, because they're not like suit they're it's just kind of it's like a fad you know kitschy mm-hmm. And catchy.
0: But i can get coffee on your website you said oh yeah you can order it there do you ship it yep yeah, for sure nice.
2: all over canada
0: oh, awesome yeah free shipping
2: How's- for over 50 bucks Fifty dollar order. I'm selling three bags for fifty bucks. So you're packing dollar. it up in one of the mail post office yourself? Yep. 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 Just throwing it in there, in yep. the box. Hey yeah. Yep.
1: It's all it's basically all a one man. It
2: is. It's pretty much just show. me. Like I am mighty valley Coffee. <laughs> how's the
0: uh how's the national reach been so far?
2: Well I've shipped from coast to coast to coast. I can tell you that. So Mostly uh, to
1: friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: friends and family. Yeah. Yeah. We're only in our first you know, year of business, so taking it slow and and things are going slow and that's cool.
0: Well, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like your fun. coffee.
2: I like it too. It's it's a labor of love Me three. for sure. And mm-hmm. you know, It's very tasty. Yeah, it's good. You know, I wanted. I partly got into this because I love coffee, and uh, it's because you want spent a whole people. bunch of
1: money on coffee equipment when we first bought our house because you wanted to have the perfect cup of coffee, and then yeah, you started roasting your own in a little pan, and then here we are, and
2: then popcorn roaster, and then another
1: roaster.
0: So your so your real rabbit hole of coffee just coincided with you moving to Smith, moving back to Smith Falls.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm.
1: it wasn't. It wouldn't have been... It wasn't a plan at all, but we had been visiting some... So this uh, is like
0: one of those, well, that escalated quickly. Yeah, really.
1: We'd been visiting some friends, uh, friends from Guelph who were living in Yellowknife. And so we were up there and they had like a really baller espresso machine and a nice grinder and they were making us some really nice cups of coffee there. And we just bought our house, like the offer had been accepted and everything was going through. Mm -hmm. And so we were in that time between the the purchase and the closing. And we were like, oh man, if we get, when we get that house, like we should use like tree planting. Like we, there was like, sometimes you'd have a big day at tree planting and I'd be like, oh, that was espresso machine day or like yeah. whatever it is. So like we would, you know, we were like, okay, that'll be one of our special things. We'll get a, we'll get our house, we'll get a nice mattress and we'll get an espresso grinder and machine just like theirs. And so that was part of the, Influence, then we got it, and then we were trying to figure out beans. And then Jared was like, Oh, I can buy green beans and then roast them myself, and then they'll be super fresh. And then, yeah, like just like it was, I think, yeah, a year later, we started the coffee roaster basically. I just,
2: yeah, it's just kind of an opportunity because I didn't, there wasn't, there's not a whole lot of roasters around here. Mm. And I wanted to do something that uh, I could, I could really stand behind. And I thought this is a good opportunity to sell coffee, and then create partnerships with uh with other cool people doing cool programs and in a way to give a product to the to the town and you know there's this old saying watch what they say and watch what they sell <laughs> so i'm really confident though that like i think we're doing some good things and it is it's been it's been fun learning about this whole process and un- uncovering some of the the problems and trying to you know create uh, be part of the solution of it yeah give people good coffee and then you know there's only with a couple of our coffees there's only a couple of sep- degrees of separation between us and the farmer just just yeah. our importer and he goes down and works with them mm-hmm. you know personally and then sets sets up the with the exportation company and you know and stuff like that and we get these beans and so it's like and then it's so the money that i'm giving to him he's tells me how much he's given to the farmer i'm like that's awesome that's that's a lot more than I know that some of the other farmers mm-hmm. are getting for their their coffee.
1: Yeah, like Brendan, I think it's so like it's five good. five to six times more. Yeah, yeah, what you'd get with a fair trade or something. And
2: honestly, no one gets into coffee to, to get rich uh, from the farmer, even right up to the roaster. You know, like it's not uh, that that type of industry, but we can. Yeah, it, it's you know, you can you can make a livelihood from it for sure. If you you can well. live your rich life. Yeah, you can live your rich life. You like, that, yeah, yeah, however that is. So this is definitely part of my. Yeah, I uh, think, so, and life. I
1: think Smith Falls is part of our our rich life. Like we're happy in our neighborhood, And our. Yeah. I don't know.
2: It's yeah. It's a it's starting a, nice a space. new
1: business and having friends like you guys. Well, where can the here? people
0: in Smith Falls get the coffee? I know they can get it right here
1: at, at the, the Arts Hub, Hub. At yeah. the
0: art sure we sell for the sure. coffee. You know, we t- consider
2: roasting an art. Yeah, it <laughs> is. So we got you on our shelves. Yeah, yeah. Artisan roaster so yeah say two sells my coffee They yeah they also have some on the espresso machine and bowie's uh, in the vault also serve our coffee and nice. then uh, garden market up wellness and anderson independent grocer here in town yeah so i ran a couple places i was even at the um heritage house when it was open nice it sold well all sold <laughs> But yeah, it's get we've got a lot of community support. So we got some in over at Perth too. Yeah, yeah. we're in Northfolk Cafe there. That that spot is just really awesome. Uh, the the folks at Artisan Kombucha as well also own Northfolk Cafe. Dash and Seb and uh, they do a great job. And the baristas at uh, the cafe do a good job pulling the coffee. So it's just like you know you know that they're doing right by your roasting. Mm-hmm. And so I. You know, I'm I'm really happy by that. And yeah. people can come get it at the brewery, too, of course. Oh, yeah, you can buy Down it. Down at the mall. You know, Hot tip actually. The brewery is where usually the, the freshest coffee is, because I right. use, use that as a stockpile. That's where the freshest coffee goes first. Do you ever give, uh, like, roastery tours? No, not yet, because it's been, COVID. like... <laughs> it's been COVID, you know, and... uh We'd love, to do,
1: we'd love to do yeah. like tours or do like yeah, a, cu- cuppings do a cupping. or tastings like those kinds yeah, of and things. The
2: brewery is a great spot to do that, you know, but, uh, it's been a bit weird. Uh, so yeah, so people can try every single coffee like back to back. And so you kind of can see the difference because when you have them all, you know, just intermittently, uh, or occasionally, I guess I should say, then you don't really fi- see the differences. But when you have, you know, the Burundi bean back-to-back with the Honduras bean, you're like, well, these do taste quite different, mm-hmm. you know, because one's from Africa and one's from Central America. And uh, and they're they're different plant, like a uh, different species of the yeah. coffee plant. So that's really cool. And they do taste different. So, yeah, we're looking forward to that stuff.
0: Now, if you were to brew me a coffee made from beans that were just... Fresh, right out of the roaster, would it be an extra good coffee?
2: Mm-mm. You know, yeah, I no? actually want to let it sit for yeah. a little bit because uh, they're
0: still roasting.
2: Well, no, they're they, they're like off gassing, right? Kind of changing, right. so that's they're why right, they right. have the the oxidizing. Yeah, yeah. The little um, they're decanting thing. the valve. <laughs> the valve on the back lets the lets the air out. Yeah, and um, because yeah, you can't use espresso. Um, freshly roasted beans on an espresso machine right away because there's just so much air in there and it just like yeah. pours right out. It's crazy. Right. But with that said, there are Ethiopian coffee ceremonies uh, and things where they roast them up and then you drink it right away. And so it can be quite delightful, but there uh, there's also generally a waiting period um, after the roast and sometimes dark roasts take a little bit longer to sit. You know, I've had a dark roast that's been sitting for a couple of months and it's been like, Oh, that is delightful. Hmm. You know, so it just depends, but mostly just fresher, the better as a general rule. Mm-hmm. Fresher, the better then you know, then it's, uh, it's easy to get a good cup. And you sell cups too. They got mugs. Yeah. Just little mugs we put out a little bit of swag.
1: When we first got our branding done, we got mugs and tote bags. I think yeah. we're almost out of all of those things. We are. We're yeah. almost out of
2: them. Uh, just selling around and yeah, it's good. Mighty good mugs, good tote bags. I've sold a couple of the markets as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think we covered most things
1: (laughs) And then some Yeah, Yeah. definitely
2: (laughs) Hopped on yoga and basketball and coffee a few times
0: Well, thanks for coming out, guys
1: Thanks for having us on our pleasure I'm glad
0: I finally got you out here I've been bugging you for long enough (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, fantastic Well, Jared and Josie Mighty Valley Coffee This has been Smith's Falls On Thanks for joining me, guys
2: Our pleasure, Matt
1: Yeah, absolutely Bye now Bye Peace And
0: that was my talk with Jared and Josie of Mighty Valley Coffee. Thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you once again to this episode's sponsors, The Arts Hub, who is hosting a paper-making workshop on October 16th, 2021. Check them out. Get signed up. And to Northwood Music, a local record label. Find your new favorite artist right now, singer, songwriter, musician. Find out at northwoodmusic.ca. Till next time, Smith's Falls. Stay classy.